Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Guys, it's episode number two this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you subscribe to the podcast. You can be on Google, on Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're available All throughout the week, Monday through Friday, we are your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. And now we're available on YouTube as well. All of our videos, all of our shows now in video form on YouTube, YouTube youtube.com. Subscribe to our Locked On Eagles channel for also some exclusive videos that are only on YouTube. Let's see, what other plugs do I got for you today? Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Birds at DBLCLOE. And my co host, Gino Camilleri, he's on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Gino has the day off today. He's working on an NFC East crossover with the others from the NFC East Locked On Giants, Locked On Washington, and Locked On Cowboys. So that will be dropping. Keep a lookout for that in the next week or two. And uh, speaking of crossing, over with the NFC East. That's going to happen this week as well, specifically with Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys on Thursday as the Eagles are moving forward from that 17-11 Week 2 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles now 1-1 one one on the season. They shift focus to the NFC East rival Dallas Cowboys. It's a Monday night football battle between the Eagles and their biggest rival in franchise history. And it's going to be really fun this week to start previewing Dallas week. It always is the best week of the year when the Eagles play the Cowboys. It's just the most heated rivalry in football. One of them, at least, if not the top one, and maybe one of the most in all of sports. And it's cool to see a lot of these young Eagles players. They're going to get their first taste of Eagles-Cowboys and for it to be on primetime football, like guys like Devontae Smith, it's going to be really, really fun. And some rookies might be making their debut, including Landon Dickerson, the second round right guard slash left guard slash center. I'll just call him an interior offensive lineman because to start the show, guys, today we got to get into an injury update to some key players, including right guard Brandon Brooks. There was some good news with Brooks and some not-so-good news on the other end with Brandon Graham. So I'm sure everybody knows the news now, but for those that don't, defensive end Brandon Graham did suffer an Achilles injury that is going to keep him out for the remainder of the 2021 season. And, man, that is just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, Brandon Graham, not only is he one of the most underrated defensive ends in the league when it comes to pass rushing efficiency, but also one of the best defensive ends against the run in football by far. He can play inside and out. It's just an instrumental part of the Eagles' success on defense when it comes to on-the-field play. But we all know the other stuff about what BG means to this team. I don't think anybody else should ever wear number 55 again. He is the lifeblood of this team. He is the heart He is the soul. He's the vocal leader. He's the lead by example guy. And just, I mean, speaking of lead by example, look at the interview he had yesterday where he's in crutches and man, that could have been it for Brandon Graham. Who knows what his future is with the Eagles. This guy is late into his thirties and do the Eagles. I mean, I I think he's going to return in 2022 and he even said he'll be back, but that could be it. Who knows if the Eagles are willing to bring him back on a torn Achilles and feature him again. I think he will, but 
that could have been it for Brandon Graham in Midnight Green, and yet this guy's got a smile on his face yesterday talking about the impact he still wants to have as a leader on the sidelines, and I think he's going to be a great coach one day or whatever he decides to do because, man, that positive attitude is just truly inspiring, and it, it makes sense that nobody um, wants to play for a guy more than Brandon Graham. Like These guys want to play for Brandon Graham more than anybody. I mean, he is the, again, just the lifeblood of this football team. And he still was playing as a top tier defensive end these last two weeks against Atlanta and San Francisco. So just brutal to see Brandon Graham go down. Time to see Josh Sweat step up. I mean, you paid him on Saturday to be a starting defensive end of the future. He's got to play more than the 40% of the snaps that he played on Sunday against San Francisco. That's just not going to be enough. They need to unleash Josh Sweat. You paid him to be that guy. He's shown over four years that he can stay healthy. He's shown that he can be more than just the pass rushing specialist on third and long and obvious passing situations. That kind of role player that you've used him as from 2018 to 2020, he's shown he can be a three-down defensive end that can stop the run. So it's time to unleash Josh Sweat now and not have him play behind with Brandon Graham out, especially Derek Barnett and Ryan Kerrigan, who both had more snaps than sweat against the 49ers. That just cannot happen. They need sweat now to step up as to Derek Barnett. He is going to have to be on the field a lot more now. So he cannot be taking these stupid penalties like he took against the 49ers, that unnecessary uh, roughness penalty at the end of the game that cost the Eagles a third and what, 27 that could have helped them get off the field against the 49ers. Derek Barnett's been low key, a dirty player, honestly, through the first five years of his career. And so he's got to step up in that way and clean that up. He's got to be more efficient in the pass rushing game. And they're going to need Ryan Kerrigan to stay healthy if they want to keep this defensive line fresh and continue this deep rotation that they've loved to use um, for the last five years, like I said. So not good news on the defensive line when it comes to injuries with Brandon Graham. On the offensive line, the Eagles did get some good news with Brandon Brooks this week. He is placed on injured reserve, but it isn't the typical traditional IR, oh, he's out for the season. He does have a pectoral injury that's going to keep him out for a while, but reports are from Ian Rappaport, the Eagles themselves, all the beat reporters, Mike Garofolo as well. Everybody's saying the same thing. They're hearing the same thing, that this is not expected to be season-ending. And although Brandon Brooks, kind of like Brandon Graham, instrumental to this team's success right now and has been since he was signed in 2016, a key reason you won the Super Bowl. He was incredible in 2017. At the same time, not that I want anybody to get injured, but I'm excited to see Landon Dickerson at right guard. I think long-term, He's going to be the center of the future with the way Isaac Sayamalu has played at left guard. You're not moving Sayamalu. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is at right guard, though. If Brandon Brooks, this is another pretty significant injury Brooks has suffered, and that's three serious injuries in the last four seasons, right? A couple Achilles injuries and now this pectoral injury. He's late into his 30s. There were rumors this offseason about a potential trade where the Eagles could have traded Brooks. It'd be good to see Dickerson succeed here at right guard and know, hey, if this is where Dickerson's got to be long-term next to Lane Johnson, that this is the right spot. Uh, but at the same time, I think Dickerson right now, I would pencil him in as the center after Jason Kelsey retires. But Kelsey and Brooks, I think, of that offensive line, they are the, they're definitely the two most likely to not be on this team in the 2022 season. So these are going to be very significant reps for Landon Dickerson, the rookie in the second round. Not only just because of that, but also the guys that the Eagles took Dickerson or the guys they passed on 
in favor of Dickerson, like Asante Samuel Jr., he is killing it in Los Angeles. And so I, me personally, you guys, how you guys know how badly I wanted Asante. He was my CB one in the 2021 NFL draft. It would be nice for me, my peace of mind to know, okay, yeah, the Eagles didn't get Asante, but they did get a long-term offensive line piece. That's really good. That would be good peace of mind for me. So hopefully Dickerson cleans up some of the pass rushing mistakes he made on Sunday. I didn't think he looked terrible coming off injuries. He was going to be rusty, but I thought he could definitely be better. And these are going to be crucial reps. And it's a good matchup against the Dallas Cowboys who have taken a beating on their defensive front. So we'll keep an eye on the injuries as things continue. Guys, today is Tuesday, and that means it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down. We will start with the positives coming out of that 17-11 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. Coming up next, right here on Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. You guys hear our LOE3 on Fridays. You can make player props like individuals on Quez Watkins. I mean, how cool is that? There's so much more to choose from for you gamblers out there on betonline.ag compared to other platforms. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you. Let's get into Stock Up, Stock Down, Week 2 edition. Who thrived and who struggled against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday? I think there were more negatives than positives in the loss. I think that tends to be the case. But I think there were definitely some positives from that game. And let's start with the positives. We used to be known as the positivity pod until the 2020 offseason happened. I'm sure we are not seen as that anymore. But we tend to like to be optimistic. We prefer to be optimistic on this show. So let's start with what players shined in that loss to the 49ers. And number one, I mean, Javon Hargrave, multiple tackles for a loss for the second straight week, just disruptive in the backfield against the run, consistently got to Jimmy Garoppolo throughout the fourth quarter, the third quarter, the second quarter, and the first. I'm not sure why I went in that order, but you guys know what I mean. The entire game is what I'm trying to say. Javon Hargrave has been to me. He is PFF's third highest interior defensive lineman graded right now through two weeks. I personally feel like he's been the best defensive tackle in football. Maybe, I don't want to say the best defensive lineman, but man, he is close. He's been better than Fletcher Cox. He was better than Brandon Graham before the injury. He's been better than Josh Sweat. He's been better than Derek Barnett. He's been the Eagles' best defensive player. And outside of maybe Jordan Maialata, I would say through two weeks, he's been your best overall player. This is the guy they paid from the Pittsburgh Steelers last offseason, I think more. I did not expect Hargrave, even at his highest level, to be this kind of disruptive force in both areas of the game. But he has been, and that is so huge. I remember the first 
big play, the tackle for a loss to start the game against San Francisco, where he guessed the snap count perfectly. Like you could not have timed it. I thought he jumped off sides, but it was like perfect timing rips through the guard and brings down the running back for a loss. I mean, Hargrave has been everything you could want. And it kind of confirms last year's concerns about this being a bust of a signing more had to do with the COVID like off season, the injuries Hargrave suffered this year. He's reaping the benefits of being in that deep defensive line. And he has been the best one so far. And that continued from Atlanta to San Francisco. Hargrave has been so, so good. And that's good too, because of all those guys, like outside of Josh Sweat, he's the other long-term piece that you can rely on, right? This is a guy that's in his prime. He's locked up with the Eagles on that contract that he signed last year. I mean, when you look at it, Brandon Graham now coming off this Achilles injury, who knows what his uh, his history, or I should say his future is going to be. Um, Fletcher Cox, still a staple of this defense and this team, and one of the best players still in the league at his position, but he's got the highest cap number of any player on this football team, and he's not playing at an elite level. He's still a very good player, but is he worth the cap number at some point? Is that something you consider? I think Fletcher Cox is here for a while still, especially after that restructure. That kind of confirms he will be, but there's more questions to Cox if there's like a trade type of situation that could come about. Then you got Derek Barnett. You know, he's a free agent this year. Josh Sweat and Javon Hargrave, like right now, they're the pieces you know are going to be here for more than just one more season. Stock up certainly to defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. Stock up to the guy on the other side of the field that's been with Hargrave, one of the best players on this Eagles team, and it's left tackle Jordan Maialata. Outside of the one bull rush by Nick Bosa, and I'm not sure why PFF didn't hit Maialata there with a pressure allowed, PFF says through two weeks, Jordan Maialata has not allowed a QB hit or a QB pressure on Jalen Hurts. I would disagree. He did get beat there on that bull rush by Nick Bosa on the one third down play. But outside of that, watching Maialata, a guy that didn't play football a few years ago ever, now battle with Nick Bosa and win as much as Bosa did. Nick Bosa, a top, what, two pick in 2019? To see that is just so, again, it just continues to be impressive. And two weeks ago, when Maialata signed that contract extension, we all were high on Maialata, but people were wondering, is it too premature to pay him this and already name him the guy over Andre Dillard? Through the first two weeks, you are not doubting that contract so far. He really battled well against Nick Bosa. And again, outside of Javon Hargrave, when it comes to protecting Hurts and in the run game as well, Jordan Maialata has been a top two player for this Eagles team, and he's been one of the best linemen in football. Highest team grade for the Eagles, was Maialata on Sunday, according to PFF, at a 91.2 grade. Heading back over to the defense, stock up for linebacker Jannard Avery. This was a huge bounce-back game. Avery playing for the first time week one in his new position, moving from defensive end to this hybrid Sam linebacker role. I did not think he looked good at all. Didn't think he really rushed the passer that efficiently. And the worst part was in space, when he had to go cover, when he had to run fill, play the edge. He was getting beat. He looked like he was on skates, slipping on the ground. He didn't look good against the Falcons. Against San Francisco, he was disruptive in the backfield against the run, against the pass. I thought, I mean, obviously you don't want Jannard Avery in man coverage, but in space, I thought he moved a lot better. I thought he looked way better than Eric Wilson. I thought outside of maybe, I mean, I thought Davian Taylor looked really good. Singleton held his own, 
Jannard Avery was your best linebacker on Sunday against San Francisco. He had the highest PFF defensive grade for the Eagles on Sunday at 77 and a half. And that's good because there are some linebackers right now with this team that just are not getting it done, specifically Wilson, who we will talk about later. One more stock up, and that is to wide receiver Quez Watkins. And you look at the box score, right? Quez Watkins only had the two catches, the 91-yard catch and the 20-yard reception. So you would say, okay, it was just those two, and then he didn't do anything the rest of the game. So why is he stock up? Quez Watkins, we know what kind of wide receiver he is. We know the impact as people that watched Deshaun Jackson. We know a player like this. They don't have to have eight catches a game to make the same kind of impact as a player that might need or have eight catches a game on 10 targets, right? Quez Watkins, one or two plays can be worth, again, Quez Watkins on Sunday, those two catches were worth more to me than the majority of the time, the seven catches that Jordan Matthews had from 2014 to 2016. You know what I mean? It's not always about quantity. It's about quality. And when you have a 91-yard reception and the other one's a 20-plus-yard catch, it just feels like every time Watkins touches the ball, it turns into a big play. The screen pass for a touchdown last year against the Arizona Cardinals, he had another deep play against the Dallas Cowboys. If Jalen Hurts didn't miss him Week 17 against Washington in the back of the end zone, right? A play we pointed to a lot this offseason when we talked about Jalen Hurts' arm strength or lack thereof, that would have been a Quez Watkins touchdown. You see this year in the preseason, week one against Pittsburgh, 76-yard screen pass to the house. Jalen Hurts just overthrew him on what would have been like a 90-yard touchdown. Then today, the 91-yard reception, or I should say Sunday, the 20-plus yarder. This guy is a walking bucket. Like he is, anytime he touches the ball, this is what happens. That is such a huge, oh my gosh, a huge, I would say, asset, right? An asset to have on the offense that this offense has not had since prime Deshaun Jackson back in 2013. Or maybe Jeremy Macklin in 2014, but no, not even Macklin. He was not this kind of player. Quez Watkins, over 100 yards on Sunday and just two catches. That's what he can do, and that's what he does do. This looks like an absolute steal of a pick they got back in day three of the 2020 NFL draft. All right, guys, that's stock up. Let's get into stock down. Who struggled against the 49ers in the Eagles 17 to 11 loss on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field? That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to find the auto parts stores that have all the parts stocked that you need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for these same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices, they're reliably low for everybody, and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Head over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, your truck, your baby, basically. I know how some of you guys are with your cars and your trucks. And make sure at rockauto.com, you write down Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? 
You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're working um, past the sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily and only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you. We've got three more shows this week. So again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. And also make sure to subscribe on YouTube so you can see this beautiful face. I'm always wearing random jerseys, different hats, my Locked on hat. This one's from the 2017 NFL Draft when they drafted uh, Derek Barnett. Speaking of which, we're getting into stock down. Stock down for Derek Barnett, and I'm not going to get more into it with Barnett, but for all the reasons I said in segment one, I mean, just Josh Sweat needs to play more than Barnett. And it's not just the dirty plays Barnett costs you with these penalties, but he just is not consistent enough for a guy that's a top 15 pick. You know, it's tough to really define what a bust is in an NFL draft. Like, do you consider Nelson Aguilar a bust? Like, he's a good player in the NFL. He caught nine balls in a Super Bowl for you, in a Super Bowl win. He was huge in the two deepest runs you've had in recent years, in 2017 and 2018. But then you consider draft value, like if Nelson Aguilar was picked where he was, like if Nelson Aguilar was a second or third round pick, that would be seen as a good pick. So I don't know, it kind of varies. I wouldn't consider him a bust, but I wouldn't say he met the value of the, or I should say Nelson Aguilar did, but like Derek Barnett, is he a bust? I don't think so. Like he's gotten at least five sacks a year. He's a reliable starter, high floor, good against the run, but has he met the value of his pick, right? I think there's a difference there. No, would be the answer. Josh Sweat is a fourth round pick, and that's a guy that you would have took in the first round, and you see that continued growth in a high ceiling and a guy you give a contract extension to. Ideally, you would have wanted that to be Derek Barnett, but it is Josh Sweat. So stock down definitely for Derek Barnett. He's going to have to step up, not even just you know with Brandon Graham down if he wants a contract with the Eagles, but just in general to show the NFL. Because I feel like the Eagles paying Josh Sweat, the writing's on the wall, or at least it was before this Graham injury. Now who knows if Barnett plays well, will they pay Derek Barnett too? I think it's a possibility. We could see. Um, stock down here as well for head coach Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, I'm glad he's self-aware, unlike past Eagles coaches, <clears throat> Chip Kelly. I feel like we dig on Chip Kelly at least once a show, but it's a tradition that we got to continue here on LOE. At least Nick Sirianni is self-aware because his play calling on Sunday just it wasn't good, especially the red zone work after that Quez Watkins bomb where you're on the one yard line and you have four chances just to punch it in. All you need is Jalen Hurts to go up the middle four times. And that offensive line eventually was going to get a push. Like trust your big men up front. Yeah, San Francisco's defensive line, really, really good. But you have one of the best, if not the best offensive line in football. You don't think they can push a yard forward for Jalen Hurts once all they got to do is go one of four and not suffer a big time loss in one of those four plays. 
And yet all three plays for the Eagles or all four plays, they rolled to the right. They cut the field in half, making it harder on themselves. And not only that, but each time they did that, outside of the run with Jalen Hurts, the three passing attempts, you only had one passing target out there. And the Philly Philly, by the way, that play actually made me mad. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And it's not because it didn't work. It's for me, that play holds a lot of value in Philadelphia. Like, that is the most popular play in Eagles history. It is the most important play in Eagles history. And I feel like the more and more they use it, the less and less value it's going to have. And it bothers me too because this is not the era of Eagles football that made that play. Keep it in the past. You guys weren't there. You haven't earned the right to call that play yet. And they did, and it was a disaster anyway. At least in the Super Bowl, there were at least two options. People don't realize, but if Nick Foles wasn't open, if the Patriots picked up Nick Foles, Torrey Smith was still running a route to his right. Trey Burton had other reads. Whereas again, the play calling in that red zone, each passing play, Zach Ertz was the only target. Then it was only Jalen Hurts. It just it didn't make much sense. And then the the run play to the right, the speed option where Hurts like fakes like he's gonna pull left and then he runs it behind Sanders. It just none of the plays made much sense. And you know, I think his third and fourth down play calling has been suspect too in the first two weeks. My question is, and I asked Gino this on Sunday, and we'll dive deeper into it on Friday's Lockdown QB1, but do some of his you know, suspect run calls on third and fourth down, his you know, gimmicky plays, does it have to do with not trusting Jalen Hurts' arm? I think there's something to that, and I wonder if that's part of why Sirianni's play calling in some key situations in the red zone, on third down, on fourth down, situations where your quarterback needs to be efficient, needs to thread the needle in tight spaces. Carson Wentz, say what you will about Carson Wentz, throughout his career in Philadelphia, a top red zone quarterback. Has the bad play calling been a part of him not trusting his quarterback? I think there might be something to that, but overall, it's got to be on Nick Sirianni. You got to make the right play calls. It can't just be on Jalen Hurts. It takes two to tango. And uh, Sirianni just did not get it done on Sunday. Like he did a masterful performance against Atlanta week one, not the same against San Francisco on Sunday. Stock down for the head coach. Also, stock down on defense for linebacker Eric Wilson. He just has not. I thought he was going to be the best free agent signing this year. And I'm like, he's young still. He can be, what, 25, 26 years old. He could be a a long-term core piece, like the Nigel Bradham signing in 2016, right? He could be that version of uh, Bradham for you now, but he has not been that he has not been good. He's been terrible against the run, which was never his strong suit, but he hasn't been like efficient in coverage either. And the tough part is what they're doing now is putting TJ Edwards out there and base packages when they think the Niners are going to run or like short yardage situations. The issue is when you have Wilson out there, when you're covering the pass and Edwards out there, when you think they're going to run, the Niners can check into a pass play, a play action, get TJ Edwards out in space and boom, there's the guy that Kyle Shanahan's going to pick on. There's the liability. And the reason Edwards is out there is because the Eagles don't trust Wilson in the box right now to make the tough plays because throughout two weeks, he hasn't been making those plays. It just makes it easier for an offense when you when you have to switch linebackers like that, when you have one guy that can only do one thing, and when you have another guy that can only do the other. And I'm watching, you know, I'm watching a team like Arizona on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm seeing Isaiah Simmons out there. 
and I'm seeing Zayvon Collins, right? Their first round pick. And it's these two unicorn linebackers, right? That just giants with huge wingspans, great speed, hit power. They can thrive in coverage against these unicorn tight ends. They can play in the box against the run. Like they can do it all. When you don't have that kind of player at linebacker or at safety right now, like the Eagles defense has been great. Don't get me wrong. Through two weeks, they've allowed the second fewest points only behind the Carolina Panthers. Um, So it's not like it's a huge issue right now, but the Eagles don't have that Malcolm Jenkins type of player right now that do it all Swiss army knife at either linebacker or safety. And, and that's a player that, it just it makes everything else so it makes things so much more flexible for you on defense when you have that player. And that's something I'm really going to be watching in the 2022 NFL draft to see if the Eagles try to get that caliber, that style of player with one of their many picks in the first two rounds. Because Eric Wilson, so far, it's only been two games. He's not getting it done against the run or the pass. And coverage was supposed to be his strong suit. All right, one more stock down for you, and it's the wide receivers not named Quez Watkins. It's Devontae Smith, and it's Jalen Rager. Both first-round picks from 2020 and 2021 did not take advantage of a weak cornerback group that was beat up. Like the fact that Devontae Smith did not torch Josh Norman in this game, the fact that Jalen Rager stepped out on that touchdown pass and really was a non-factor outside of that one play is pretty disappointing. Like these guys are not Quez Watkins. Like I expect two to three catches a game from him. And then I hope that he does what he did on Sunday. It's high efficiency in those touches because he can make any play a big one. But I'm not expecting, I'm not asking Quez Watkins to be my wide receiver one that takes advantage of a team and carries you in the passing game. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. I took those guys in the first round to be those players. Those guys, there's higher expectations. I know Rager is used in a very similar way right now as Quez Watkins, but Rager has to step up more, I think, than Quez Watkins. He has more pressure on his shoulders. There's higher expectations. They need him more. Devontae Smith especially as well. I don't think Devontae Smith was bad on Sunday. I thought Jalen Hurts, he, he beat his man on that deep pass in the first quarter. Jalen Hurts just didn't give him a chance. He underthrew it. I thought he nearly brought down that other deep pass along the right sidelines, but he's being double covered. So they were doubling Devontae a lot. I saw in the red zone and in other key situations on third down. So a lot of it's not on Devontae, but Devontae Smith too. Like that's a top 10 pick. That's your wide receiver one, even over Jalen Rager. Those guys need to step up more, especially in a matchup like that where you have the advantage. And they just, to me, did not do enough for first round receivers that are supposed to be the core moving forward in that group. So stock down to Devontae Smith and stock down to Jalen Rager. Guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Check out all our shows Monday through Friday on any podcast platform that you subscribe to the show. Also, all our shows are now in video form on YouTube, and you can follow us on Twitter at DBASILOE, at LockdownBirds, and Gino Camilleri's Twitter is at GC24 underscore football. That's going to do it. I'm Louis DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go Birds.